Welcome to the Health Over Everything podcast, everyone. I'm your co-host, Stephen Z. And I am SoCal Gula. And today we have a very special guest with us, our friend Shanda. How are you doing, Shanda? Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're glad to have you here. So uh, Shanda has a degree in health. Would you uh, like to talk about that? What kind of degree do you have in health exactly? Yeah. So we're hiking buddies. That's how I know you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, We found each other on the trail. And so we've had a lot of time to talk about health and share our journeys with each other. And so that's why I'm here. Um, So my my master's degree is in health. It's actually health and strategic communication, which just sounds uh, fancy for basically health education. Um, And then my undergrad is in medical anthropology, which, you know, let lend itself to me going further into health since I learned about, you know, health beliefs and health systems all over the world. Um, that, that really changed, you know, my whole belief system in health and uh, led me on that path along with some other things that I guess we'll get into. But yeah, and then I did, before I did my, master's in health I did a year of my master's in nutrition so I did a whole year and I realized that it just wasn't for me uh the things they were teaching were interesting to say the least and one of the things was they were teaching us how to read a Campbell soup label and saying that you know Campbell soup was good for you and it, it was just very almost old school and um I just didn't connect with it. I, from what I had been through, uh, with my own health, with my daughter's health, it didn't make sense to me. And I figured I wanted to go a different direction where I, I never really planned on being a registered dietitian anyways. I always wanted to do the health education route. And so after a year, I applied for other schools where I could transfer in my credits and they would give me master's credits and I transferred down to school here and yeah so I'm here yes and uh what um what kind of you said overseas is a lot different I remember you telling me on a hike that a lot of the nutrition things are different in the UK and then then in the United States and a lot of people go by like their doctors in the United States right mm-hmm. that's that's so true and I think you know if you've talked to anybody who's been to Europe or to England you know anywhere around there, they'll say, Oh, I ate pasta and I drank milk and I ate the bread and I felt great. And then as soon as I came home, I felt bloated and sick again. And, you know, that definitely was the case for me. Um, every time I've traveled over there, I, I can eat whatever I want and I don't feel any sort of ways. Um, everything is different there. There's so many, I did see in California that they are you know, everyone's saying they're going after Skittles, but, but basically, you know, it's this, it's a first step to banning some of the ingredients. One of my good friends lives in Germany and she was doing a candy comparison for a while. And she would have people send candy from over here and then compare it to the same thing, like a Snickers over there an M&Ms over there in Germany. And the, it was completely different. Um, All the ingredients were completely different, mostly way more over here in America, there was so many 
unnecessary dyes and ingredients over there. It was basically, you know, sugar and not much else. Um, and they have to use different kinds of food colorings. You know, the bread is, is manufactured differently. Um, I think, you know, I had learned, and I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but they're very big on bakeries there. And so there's just bakeries on corners everywhere. The family bakery is still very much a thing where here it's, you get it on the shelf, you get your bread off the shelf. It's shelf stable. Um, you know, that's not necessarily even real bread. And so no yeah. wonder our bodies are reacting to that where, you know, there it's baked in the morning and you get it, it doesn't have any fillers or shelf life. And I think that's a lot of our products here is that we have a shelf life system mm-hmm. where whenever I go somewhere overseas, I'm definitely, I'm eating close by. Um, I just went to England this summer yeah. and we went to Cheddar, England, uh-huh. and it's the birthplace of cheddar cheese. Oh, wow. And so we learned how to make cheddar cheese and and how they make it from scratch and they get the milk from a dairy seven miles away every single morning. Oh. So they, they get it in and they start the process, uh, the cheese making process every day, you know, it's delivered and milkmen are still a thing there. Um, my grandpa was a milkman in, in up in, uh, you know, in the United States for 30 years. Uh. And when he first started, he delivered fresh milk every morning. That's what you did. You milked the cows or, you know, the creamery milked the cows, the dairy and would deliver fresh milk. You know, now we get chef or uh, shelf stable pasteurized milk you oh. know here where you know there it's even their milk i learned this last time is pasteurized differently so we where? use a high over in england they pasteurize their milk with a different process and i'm not a you know scientist okay. i can't really go into it but um definitely look it up and you can see that it's it's different here we use a high heat high compression pasteurizing it has to pass all oh. these standards there, when they do sell it in the store, it's different. Um, you know, even the eggs, you go over there and you can buy eggs. You know, I was in Spain visiting my best friend and you just buy eggs on the regular shelf. It's because they haven't been through the system of bleaching them and washing them. And it gets all that coating off of the eggs. And then we have to put them in the fridge or because they're susceptible to bacteria now. You know, so I think that it's just, there's so many things you can't even pin it onto one thing about why are Americans having so many health issues uh, with with our guts, with our digestive systems. You know, when we compare it to that, I mean, I just named a few, Yeah. but it it goes deeper, right? Mm -hmm. So because definitely I had, you know, I even started getting health issues. That's why I went on my health journey in the first place. mm Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I didn't know, like, well, I've been eating a standard American, standard American diet for 40 years. That's why. Right. And I, I, and I necessarily, I wasn't all the way. I'm luckily I grew up, we had a garden. My grandma had a garden. Um, you know, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where, you know, my mom's friend owned a farm. We, we were able to get more farm fresh things. Like I said, my grandpa worked at the, the creamery, mm-hmm. um, which made me very popular in the summer because it had all the ice cream, the fresh ice cream that I would hand out nice. to all my friends. That was like the cool one. Steven would like but, that. Um, huh? yep. Steven would like that. He loves ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Now I bring you guys oranges. Yeah, we... See, we've now we bring healthy things. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I had issues too. I had an ulcer when I was eight years old. 
Wow. I mean, that shouldn't even, no. you know, be a thing. And I had so many gastro problems my entire life that I guess I just thought it was normal. You know, I didn't necessarily yeah. tell my mom. I didn't, you know, it was just something that was me uh, until I got a little bit older. And I was like, wait, I'm miserable. I don't feel well. I have always worked out. Uh, I was definitely always an active person. I was a figure skater when I was younger. I was out and about in the outdoors my whole life. That was one thing I've always done. But the food, the food just messed me up. So That's crazy. Cause... Yeah, so you, you, I was going to say, you got to think, too, that's the one thing that you're always putting in your system, you know, morning, lunch, dinner. So basically, if you're having this poison, you're constantly having it. Like, obviously, it's going to have some long-term effects sooner or later. Right. And I, you can't balance out all of that farm stuff with, you know, we all grew up in the 90s, right, where it was fruit mm. roll-up nope. and, and chips and stuff in your lunch. I mean, you know, I still had all that. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I just, my, my body's always been sensitive. My daughter's body is sensitive. Um, I think it took me until her health things to really say, okay, we both need a change because I, I just, I can't keep living like this. And on the outside, you wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah. Um, I looked in shape. I, you know, but, but on the inside I was suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at the doctors all the time, you know, and no one, no one was helping me. It was kind of just, you know, here's some acid reflux medicine. Here's some, you know, just take some more medicine, take this medicine. I mean, that's, that's all I ever heard. Yeah. Um, but I'm type That's, A, so I took it, took it into my own hands. What's type A? <laughs> type like A personality. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel like you have to, because all they want to do is push a pill and have a repeated customer. They don't really want to cure you because mm -hmm. then they lose the business. They lose the money that's coming from you. Right. Did your, do, uh, do they even know how to? I, I don't think most doctors know much about nutrition. Like I feel like even in nursing, a lot of it is pushing a pill, knowing what pills or, you know, treat what illness. And mm -hmm. you never really talk about nutrition or exercise mm -hmm. things, you know, the things that you should be doing that are probably going to be the things that actually help you. It's no here, take this pill. And then when you run out, come back to me and then I'll give you more pills. Exactly. And I, you know, I started asking doctors, have you, cause I had a doctor tell me that they didn't have to take a nutrition class through their entire medical training. And yeah, so exactly. it's become a thing. Whenever I meet a doctor, I ask them, I've only met a couple that actually took one and it was usually because they wanted to, it, it wasn't required. Yeah. It was something that they did just because they were interested in it. Yeah. And then also there's no big broccoli, right? There's big pharma, but there's big <laughs> broccoli out there like to battle. So they're doing it. They're incentivized to go the pharmaceutical route. Right. Yeah, big broccoli doesn't, doesn't have enough money to compete. <laughs> no, oh, definitely not. And when, no. And now it's a little more popular along with Brussels sprouts. They, they made a, a comeback and, <laughs> but when, when we were younger, I mean, no one ate Brussels no. sprouts and broccoli. <laughs> Do you think that you're... Those, those are some of my faves <laughs> now? Yeah. 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 I love broccoli. Do you think your uh, daughter's generation is more health conscious than, or like raised different than we are? Cause there is still a lot of obese children, but I know like yeah, you said, you guys had some issues, health issues. Yeah. Um, do I believe that they're more health conscious? I, um, 
Not necessarily. Do I believe that they're more aware? Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I mean, I think that they do know more than we did. They have the internet, you know, yeah. we didn't have that. Um, we were taught just like I was in nutrition school, you know, we were taught the food pyramid and you might've taken a couple weeks of learning how to, you know, balance your plate and, you know, for every meal. And that was about it. Yeah. Um, it, I do think that I do think they're more aware, you know, they're definitely more aware of health. I, I just see in her and her friends, you know, of health, both mentally and physically than we were at that age. Um, they definitely have a higher understanding for sure. Do I think it's translating to any kind of better health outcomes? I, I mean, I haven't seen any data. I don't really know, but from what I look and see, no, uh, because how do you battle what's out there? Uh, yeah. All her friends, they all go eat fast food every day. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they go eat that for lunch. That's where they hang out, especially in Southern California when there's not a lot of places to go or things yeah. to do for teenagers. That's what they do. They go hang out, you know, yeah, at fast food. And so even if they're eating at home and have health conscious family, that's, that's what they go do. So I, I think they're aware, but they also, when you're that age, aren't you invincible, right? You don't, oh, yeah, you don't yeah. think, oh, this isn't, this isn't yeah. going to catch up with me. I'm good. I can eat as much you know, KFC as possible. Yeah, you're you're skinny <laughs> and good, and you feel great. And, you know, now you eat something, and you have to uh, hang over the next day from just eating greasy yeah. food or something. Like Stephen was know? saying, like me and Stephen are talking, like uh, most people, like including myself, you know, you don't really start changing until you have that health issue. Like mine was high blood pressure and stuff. And then you, you, like, you also said that you changed too, like, cause you're always yeah. fit, but inside you didn't feel good. And that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my, yeah. my daughter, I mean, that was the catalyst to it, but I, and I think that's why I stopped doing health education. So I originally started doing health education with people. I worked with people one-on-one, -on -one, but I, I found very quickly, unless somebody has a major issue, they are not willing to change because your food is so ingrained in you. It, it's, mm -hmm. it goes back to what your parents ate. It's what your culture eats. Mm -hmm. It's, yep. it's so ingrained that it's, it's something that's really hard to change. And with how busy and tired we are, mm -hmm. it, you just want to grab something, you know? And, yep. and I think that that that's a big problem. The, the teenagers too are very overscheduled compared to how we were. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they are in, everything these days i i have friends that their kids don't eat until nine ten o'clock at night because once they get yep. done you know with with class they are in sports and piano and this and that all the way until nine ten o'clock at night you know and they haven't even done homework or eaten dinner yeah so it's Jeez. it's that's not helpful what time did you yeah. guys um, eat when you were younger like dinner me yeah. um so I have a unique situation in the fact that I'm an only child and both of my parents worked a lot. Um, but my dad almost, he owned his own business. So he was always home. Most of the time he got okay. home around five and we would make something. Um, my mom sometimes was working later. Mm -hmm. Um, but most of the time we ate around then, but one thing that I didn't like is that we didn't eat at the table. Oh, no. We never ate at the table. If you went to my grandparents' house, so my grandma lived down the street. Um, luckily, that's where I went a lot when my parents worked late. And five o'clock, she had dinner on the table at five o'clock. That's if what anyone time I needed ate. dinner. 
five o'clock, sit down. Yeah. She would have a home cooked meal because, and it's just the way it was. I always said mm-hmm. she was like a pie on a Tuesday kind of person. Like she just cooked. Yeah. You know, she made homemade tortillas on Wednesday. She, you know, she was just a, a really good cook and there was always dinner. So I went there if I needed to, but um, my dad cooked a lot and uh, he's a good cook because my grandma taught him, but yeah. <laughs> we would, we would get our food and we'd sit in front of the TV. Um, and so that was something that I wanted to change. And so for my daughter, we, we sat down for dinner at the table every day and she will tell you that. And that was our thing. And that's when I learned about her life. I mean, yeah, we I would that. unplug from things and, you know, that's what I would learn everything that was going on with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I think those eating rituals are important for yeah. health because even when we go to certain restaurants, she'll say, well, you make that better. You know, you make that better at home and, <laughs> and is it better or is it just the experience is better? Yes. You yeah. know? Yeah. A lot of people are eating alone nowadays. I see that. Very true. I know sometimes I want to get up and go eat with somebody when I see them eating alone. I feel bad. <laughs> what time do you eat dinner? Sure. Steve? What was that? What time do you eat dinner? I usually eat around six or so, give or take a little, you know, if it's not exactly six, uh, I don't really care. But usually around six, I'm pretty hungry at that point. And then I just don't like eating close to bedtime either. Yeah, too. me either. That's what I do. I, do. I try to let it metabolize so I can get a good sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to eat and then go lay down. <laughs> I know people that eat like at eight, nine o'clock too. And it's just like, like I can't mm-hmm. do that. But yeah, be- I think that contributes to the heartburn. Yeah. Yeah. And so the one step back about eating thing. like at five though, is like my dad, like he would eat at five and then around eight, they get hungry again and start snacking like on ice cream and popcorn and all that stuff. Mm, that's definitely that generation. Yeah. I, yeah. My I dad think, did that too. Mm, my grandparents <laughs> did that. My, yeah. Everyone did that. I don't, I don't feel that way. If I eat dinner early, I'm fine the rest of the night. So yeah, you, I think I got my, uh, my dad used to crush up like cookies or like a peanut butter bar. What is that called? <laughs> Is that what they're called? The a ones that Bart Simpson. Yeah, Butterfinger. He used to crush those up and I like, put them in his ice cream. I'll, I'll still oh, do stuff good. like that to this day. Mm. I'll get cookies and just crush them up as much as I could and sprinkle them all over my ice cream. So thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, the, butter, the Butterfinger Blizzard from DQ. Oh, wait, yeah. we're on yeah. health podcast. We can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about health over me. Yeah, I don't eat that anymore. Um. So here's something fun. Um, yeah. So... Brooklyn, my, my kid, she's never eaten fast food. Oh, wow. That's insane. And how did, how did that happen? Because there's so many kids, like almost every kid eats fast food and a lot. I know. Yeah. And it's been difficult for her, especially the social aspect, like I said, of everyone going to eat. Yeah. Um, so her friends were very accommodating to it, which was always heartwarming to me Mm -hmm. that, you know, she, She's eaten at pizza places and different things like that. So when I say, when I say fast food, I mean Taco Bell, McDonald's. She's never had McDonald's. She's never had Taco Bell. She's never had In-N-Out. Oh, man. I know. People can't get over that one. Um, Burger King, (laughs) Wendy's, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, But it, it started out for when I was in grad school and I, I, or actually when I was undergrad and I was doing a project and I wanted to show that you could live in America and function and yeah. not have fast food. And so it started as that. And plus she had food allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a really sick little kid. Um, 
And in fact, I just ran across some of her medical records from when she was little, and I didn't realize how sick she actually was. Um, it, it was bad. There were high fevers, um, hives all over her all the time, covered in eczema. She was just really, really sick. And then we found out that it was food allergies was one thing. And then also some hormonal stuff. She had thyroid issues, you know, when she's a little kid. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the not eating at fast food was fueled by that or, you know, that fueled the not uh -huh. eating at fast food, because I wanted to control what was going into her body as best I could, so that we could try to get her healed. Um, so yeah, that's how it started. And then once she became aware of it, she thought it was cool. And it was a fun <laughs> thing to tell people, you know, yeah. it's like a circus act or something like I've never had <laughs> McDonald's and the kids were like, what do you eat? Yeah. Like, what is your <laughs> what does your mom feed you? And she's like, well, my mom cooks at yeah. home. And they're Amazing like, what? Concept. <laughs> yeah. What, well, and then they're like, what do you eat? And she's like, I don't know, normal food. <laughs> so wow. yeah. So it started like that. So what about like Olive Garden and stuff like that? Or um, red, like restaurants like that? Um, does she go to re nice restaurants? Much. Yeah. Yes. We, okay. we do go to nice restaurants. But those are different than I'm McDonald's. pretty picky about where we yeah. go. And up until, right. And, um, she, I don't know that she's eaten at those, those places in particular. Um, yeah. I tend to like the small, smaller locally owned type restaurants, you know, that yes. care a little more, but, um, she has eaten at restaurants. She didn't really eat at restaurants until she was about six. Okay. And that's just because I was scared. Mm -hmm. Uh, she had a list of food allergies and they've, they, I think that the world has become way more accommodating to food allergies, you can go in and sit down now. And sometimes they have menus that, you know, are just for food allergy people, but that was not the case, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, there's that... even a lot of like vegan places and places mm -hmm. that have like gluten-free side of the menu. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hers is nuts. Hers big one was nuts. She had other things and the nut one is anaphylactic. Oh. And so, you know, and, and, they're small and they get everywhere. And so if somewhere is working with nuts and cooking, it's just like sprinkle that, you know, and who, who knows where else. Um, one time we had a reaction, she had a reaction at a pizza place because they had a Nutella pizza and they used the same, you know, those knives that go, oh, like, uh, they used the same mm -hmm. knife to cut her pizza as that one. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so that scared me because she was just, you know, she was probably around six at the time. And so that made us very fearful of mm -hmm. bringing her anywhere after that for many years, I would just, if we were going to go eat somewhere, I would cook her something at home and put it in a container and we would go because there's a social aspect to eating. It's, yeah. it's such a social thing. And, you know, we would show up at birthday parties and that's all anybody wanted to talk to us about you know, is, oh, well, what can she eat? And why did you yeah. bring her her own cupcake and, you know, all these things. And it got tiring. It got tiring for her. She didn't like feeling different all the yeah. time because of it. And so I kind of just made it a sneaky thing. I would just pack our own things. I would feed her, you know, people might ask a little bit, but we never made a big deal out of it, you know, and kind of just kept it on the down low. It's different now. As she got older, I taught her how to handle it herself, how to talk to people, because mm -hmm. I knew she would have to one day. Um, I had worked with college students with food allergies who didn't know how to manage them themselves, and they weren't mm -hmm. living with their mom anymore. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to send her off to college 
you know, not knowing how to handle something like Definitely. this herself. Yeah. yeah. I got that education is especially like when it comes to your own body, like, you know, it's, it's kind of an experiment, like what, cause everyone's different a little bit, you know, like not everyone has those allergies. So you got to kind of experiment with what works with you, but what kind of food do you eat? Like, um, you like whole foods or what kind of food do you suggest other people kind of like eat instead of the standard American diet? Yeah. Um, I think that I've gone through a lot of, what do you call it? Iterations of eating. You know, I definitely, I was a vegetarian for many years, mm -hmm. um, on a doctor's advice. Um, I, I have been a pescatarian. I have, you know, I I've tried a lot of different things. I, I did try vegan for a while. Uh, that didn't last very long. I felt really terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I caution, I'll tell you what I eat, but I caution people listening to what I eat or what you eat or what anyone. And, and this is when I say there's been an iteration, there was one point where, you know, I did count calories. There was a time when I was pretty obsessed with it. And, and yeah. I feel like a lot of those things just set me back, um, mm -hmm. becoming obsessed with it, especially with the kid with food allergies and thyroid problems, which is so tied to food. Um, I have found that, uh, it was easy for it to become something that actually started hurting our health Oh, okay. because you get obsessed, you know, yeah. and I, and I watched this happen with so many people. Um, so yes, I do eat a lot of whole foods. Um, I, I like to eat food that's in its most natural form. A couple of years ago, I did start eating meat again. However, mm -hmm. I'm very picky about where it comes from. Um, okay. you know, I, I order my meat for the most part straight from a farm, um, that I know how they raise their meat. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty picky still. Mm -hmm. Um, most of my friends would probably say they don't want to go and eat it with me because I won't eat at a lot of restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I do care about where the ingredients are coming from. You know, I just... I, I, cause I know how it makes me feel. And I've, yeah. I've got to the point where I'm, I'm picky about it and I eat pretty well. And if I don't, like I said, it's like a hangover. I, yeah, I, I do don't. not feel well, you know? So, so I eat, um, I, I eat, you know, steak, I eat broccoli, I eat, um, fruits, you know, yeah. but I don't, I eat, I know people who know me are, they're going to be mad if I don't say this, but I eat tortillas yeah. like crazy. I grew up with them. I grew up with it, you. If you have a tortilla, you have a meal. Um, I, like I said, my grandma made them homemade flour ones, not corn flour. And so I probably eat a tortilla every single day. What about um, the whole grain ones? That's why I just had a tortilla today. I don't eat the whole grain ones. So I just eat no reason besides okay. I don't like them. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't taste yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. When you eat those just white flour ones. <laughs> Yeah, They're no, because so I, I haven't ate tortillas in a long time and I got some today yeah. and I was like, maybe I should get the whole wheat ones. They're probably better. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still I learning mean, about all this. That's why we're talking yeah, to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I do think that a lot of people think that way, but it also depends on so much more. Like you were, you know, you were talking about getting a sugar-free jelly or a jam. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's so much marketing in that stuff. It, uh -huh. A tortilla, you know, and jam, they're processed foods, right? So- mm -hmm it matters what else is in them, you know? So 
so you're getting a sugar-free jam. Well, that doesn't even make sense because the fruit has sugar. Yeah. And then what else are they putting in it? Because you know, it's sweet. So if they didn't, when they, they're able to say sugar-free because it's cane sugar that is absent out of there, but it doesn't mean there's not something else that's worse for you. Mm. Uh, And another example of this is um, bacon. So there's been a big craze about, you know, using celery powder instead of nitrate to Mm. process the bacon. And I read a study that the high level of celery powder has just as many nitrates and causes just as much to the body. It's, it's the same thing. So, so we're, we're replacing one thing with another, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so what is better? So my grandma made homemade jam Mm -hmm. her entire life. She made apple butter. Uh, She grew up in Washington. They had an apple tree. She made apple butter. Mm. they've made this for years and years and years. So is it actually better? And they made it with sugar, you know, um, is it actually better to have a fake sugar or a real sugar, you know, um, whole grains, gosh, what is that? What part of the grain are they right? Meaning that like, there's so much more to that. What else is in the tortilla? Is there Mm -hmm. seed oils? Is there all Mm -hmm. kinds of other fillers to make it stick together? You know, the tortillas that I eat are basically flour and water, Mm. you know, and a lard. I actually eat the ones with lard, how my grandma made them. It it helps them stick together. And, but that's it, you know, and if you go pick up a tortilla off the shelf, have you ever looked at the ingredients? I looked today a little bit. Yeah. There's like 20 ingredients, Yep. but that's all it really (laughs) takes, you know? So I try to get as much to that. I try to get as much to the source. I try to get as much to what did it used to be? Because what, tell me why, you know, are we living longer? Or are we not? I don't know. That's up for debate. I've seen, I've seen um, statistics for both ways, but, but also our, our chronic health problems are pretty bad right now. Yes. Definitely. You know, and my, my grandma lived until she was in her nineties. She ate ice cream every night, Stephen, almost every single night, but but she ate real, she ate real ice cream. She literally made it. She oh. made the ice cream. It was cream that skimmed from a cow down the street. You know, it oh. was but probably she, so good too. <laughs> so good. So good. I had it. I want some I now. There, You're I making me it. hungry. Can you make us some? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. try it. I know. But, but that's, that's the thing is get close to the source as you can. It's like, don't say, oh, I don't want ice cream. Yeah. Find it as close to the source because luckily nowadays they are making this stuff. I think when we were growing up, they got really far away from it. The, the big companies took over, you know, and, and now I think people, you know, artisan, everything is coming back, right? There's, Uh there's breads and cheeses and all of that. And so I always say, I'm going to spend my money on that rather than on medical bills. I, yes. I would rather, I'd rather buy $10 cheese. And where do you get some of this stuff at? Cause obviously like Stater Brothers is like a generic, um, some grocery store, but then I know there's like mm-hmm. sprouts and stuff. Is that where you go? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's sprouts and yeah, there's farm stands and I don't want to say, cause I don't want to be put out my location of where oh, yeah, I definitely. go, but, um, this is where I'll be every set. Right? But just yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's a generic place that people could go like, or somewhere that people could go, you know, like just farmer markets and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, farmer's markets are great and they have them everywhere here. There there's, you know, Southern California has a ton of farmer's markets and I have found excellent stuff. Um, you know, because a lot of these companies, I just caution from the people that are selling too many things, because if they're selling too many, you wonder where they're getting them, where I've gone to a farmer's market that sells only olive oil. They, they drive down from the, the central California to these farmer's markets and they sell their olive oil. That's mm-hmm. some good olive oil. That's they own, they yeah. own everything, you know, and is it a little expensive? It is. Does it taste fantastic? It does. You know, so these farmers markets, I mean, they have great stuff and they have the people that are selling them and making them and own them. They're, they're definitely not, you know, making a ton of money because there's not a ton of money in it. They're, they're doing it out of love. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But yes, yeah, I, I go to farmers like... markets. Every, I go to farmers market every week to answer your question. Nice. I know my fiance's mom, she does a lot of farmers markets and we'll tag along here and there. But yeah, I've seen like what you said, like the olive oil that have like the avocado olive oil and mm-hmm. all of these different types and different kind of flavors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to say too, I was like, you either pay now or you pay later for your health. I'm like one way or another, I think you have to pay. And if you mm-hmm. choose to spend a little bit more money to get a more healthy option, it's going to save you in the long run. You know, you may not be able to see it, but Personally, that's kind of how I think it is. You pay sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And and it's enjoyable because you're eating good things. I remember when I first switched to mm-hmm. eating a little more healthy like this, and I was still shopping in the same way, and it was really expensive. And so I would go and still get a bunch of frozen food and, and things like that. Um, if you saw my freezer right now, I just have a few frozen steaks in there. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't buy frozen food like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff is really expensive. Uh, what I do if I want, you know, say it, it, it takes some time to get to learn how to function a little differently. So mm-hmm. when I want to make smoothies, I just go and buy all the fruit and I cut it up and I put it in freezer bags and I separate it out into little freezer bags. And so mm-hmm. whenever I want to just pop a smoothie, you know, in my blender, I already have it measured out and it's nice. fruit that I got, it was fresh. It wasn't frozen by the company. It was frozen by me. I've dated it. You know, it just took a second to cut it all up. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy in that sense. But I did that for my kid because when she got home from school, you know, when you get home from school and you're hungry and you just want something now, well, she could just Mm -hmm. grab that, dump it in there, add some coconut milk or something. And, you know, there's, that's a way better snack than the pudding I used to eat and the fruit roll-ups and stuff when I used to get home. Do you like, do you pre-portion it too? I do. Nice. nice. Just for convenience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because, yeah. And I do that even with carrots and everything too. Uh-huh. So anything um, I've learned that, you know, storing things in water is your best friend. So I store, you know, my uh, asparagus in water. Wow. Um, and also carrots, any kind of root vegetables that are are like that. So carrots, radishes. Um, when I get home from the store, I'll rinse them all because I do get them usually from the farmer's market. So they're yeah. a little more dirty and I'll, I'll rinse them, cut them up, and then I'll put them in an open container in water just in my fridge. And so you can literally just reach in 
and grab it. It's already done. You don't have to rinse it or anything, you know, and I use, I make sure I use clean water. It's not tap water because it is soaking in it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I do that a lot. It's insane. And and that's, yeah. Yeah, And it it lasts, (laughs) it lasts for, yeah, it lasts for a long time. Um, otherwise those roots, those root type vegetables and stuff tend to dry up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. And uh, also let's uh, switch gears here and talk a little bit because we're going to go pretty soon, but uh, about your love for the outdoors, you know, like we met hiking. We did. We all just met one day. We hiked a lot of hikes. Like you, we literally hiked six peaks just recently and uh, you didn't have a marathon before. We can't really leave out how we met that we all got lost and found each other. It was just the the fate of the outdoor heavens, right? Yep. And that's our crew. Um, <laughs> that's, that's our crew. Yeah. Wrong and directions. so, so I had been looking for years in Southern California to find friends to hike. I yeah. finally talked my kid into going hiking to do the, the six pack of peaks. And by fate of the outdoor gods, I found you guys and yeah. dragged you along with <laughs> me. And, um, you know, why it's probably because you stopped, you like gave up looking and then the universe is like, well, here you go. <laughs> put you right there. Yeah. And you guys weren't even planning on being there. And then, uh, and then we became friends and it's yeah. been such a fun journey. Yeah, we were on the wrong trail. <laughs> yeah. You were on the wrong trail. And then you guys just said, ah, I guess we'll just go to the top with you. And then yeah. I was like, Hey, those six pack of peaks, you should sign up for this. And, <laughs> and you did. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in the outdoors. I, I snowboarded. Um, we owned snowmobiles. I was super lucky. I had no idea how lucky I was. I mean, I grew up in the summers boating and hiking and just, I, I just was always outside. Um, in fact, I remember if I would try to come in sometimes, you know, my mom would be like in or out, which one are you going to be yeah. going in or out, pick one. And so I'd just pick out. You know, so I was just, I was a little bit of a tomboy and I was out, we had all these neighborhood boys and we played five mile run on our bikes, you know, yeah. where it was like hide and seek on these five blocks on our bikes. And I was just always outside. Um, I love it. It is definitely, I just feel better once, once I'm out there and come home. And I think we all say that like after our hikes, we're on like this high, yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. And then running, I didn't start running until I was 30. Mm. Running was always really, really, really hard for me. I yeah. just, I, I called myself not a runner. Um, and then my dad actually ran a marathon and I was like, Oh, my dad ran a marathon. You know, I need to <laughs> yeah. do something different. And I went and visited him and I went running and it was in Arizona and I threw up because wow. it's, hard. And then I I went back to my house and I thought I'm going to be a runner. I just like physically challenging myself. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's just one of those things that I I can set a goal for and push Mm -hmm. myself like I can't in other things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I started running at 30 and then I started, you know, I was on the 5k circuit where I got addicted to doing 5k's and then it became 10k's and I, I can't even tell you how many I've run. Um, but it was always training for something, you know, and then at, yeah, last year, was it last year? I think at 42, I, I ran my first half marathon and, um, that's soul, soul rocking. (laughs) That was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I'm going to continue to be like this. I, I work out 
every day almost. Um, I get up in the morning and I work out the days I don't, I'm tired and I don't function as well. Yep. And it's, it's, it's become part of my life where it's not really an option. I, I don't know something I've done it for so long now that it's just what I do. Yeah. It's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You probably feel bad if you didn't do it. Like I do I don't know, working out just makes you feel good. Yeah. And I taught cool. yoga for years too. And so, oh, nice. um, I still do that. I don't teach anymore, but I still, I do yoga almost daily. I do yoga stretches and even when I'm like brushing my teeth and stuff. Yeah. So you eat really well, you eat like nice food. That's really less ingredients. You exercise, Mm -hmm. you love the outdoors, Mm -hmm. being in the sun. Like, Mm -hmm. so is that the key to health? (laughs) I I think it's, it's part of it. Then the, the other part that we, you know, haven't talked about is the mental part. I mean, and, and, but I think, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? So, so you, you can be really down in the dumps and feel terrible and start doing all of these things and it will make you feel better. I mean, yeah. it just naturally will yes. the endorphins, the good food, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's the component that a lot of people don't talk about is you can have a really toxic life and you can be eating really well. And cause that's happened in my life before yeah. eating well. And I was working out, but my relationships were toxic. My, you know, mm-hmm. my job was toxic and I wasn't well, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a package thing that you have to be intentional about having all of those things you need to be sleeping well you need to make sure and and i think that when you when your body when you're eating well and you're working out you're more in tune with your body right so your energy if you're around certain people you start noticing hey wait maybe this person isn't so good for me or maybe this job isn't so good for me and so it's like those things will naturally go you need to let them you need to go with it if you're actually on this health journey and it, and it's tough, right? Like your, your friends change, things change, but it's your dedication said. to yourself is only the only thing that matters. Right. And, and you have to do it for the people that you love and for yourself. Yep. Like I said, well said, because I know me and Steven, both of our mental health uh, has gotten better because of all this and uh, yep. we're getting close to 545. Is there anything else you want to ask her, Steven? Uh, I did have some questions, but I don't know if I want to open up uh, a can of worms right now. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. I I have a I have a few more minutes. Go ahead. Uh, one of them was uh in the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about when you started learning about nutrition, like going to school and learning, actually changed your whole viewpoint on it. Like, what was what did you learn actually that was the the thing that switched your perspective on it? Yeah, I think it was a timing thing of of, um, it's like, if you, if you hear something or learn something, it has to be the right time for it to sink in. Right. Or if someone says something to you, it might just not be the right time. Well, it was kind of a, the right time. So I was in a class called food and culture. And at the same time I was going through health issues, which we didn't even get into, but I had, I had the start of colon cancer and I was 27 years old. Um, and the same time my daughter was extremely sick and I was taking this class food and culture And it was the first time I learned about genetically modified food. I I was like, how did I get this far in my life and not know this? Um, At the same time, I was learning that my daughter had food allergies. And, you know, so because I started learning about how food was processed around the world, 
um, that was before I had experienced it myself by going to those places mm-hmm. uh, and how people eat and how we just eat entirely too much and how people yeah. were sustaining in other places by not, it just rocked my whole view of what our meals were. You know, I had learned that you have three complete meals and you need to eat breakfast and mm-hmm. you need all of these things. And until then, you know, I subscribed to that. Um, and then I started learning, wait a second, there's places that eat dessert for breakfast and they feel okay. Or, you know, I'm, I'm talking about like pastries and different things that they eat in France yeah. and, yeah. you know, it's different, but, but that kind of shook up everything for me and made me start questioning. And when you have a sick child, you question everything, mm-hmm. your world gets turned upside down and, and she was sick. I mean, and there was nobody giving me any answers. And so naturally I started looking at what am I feeding her? You know, I was at the time I was feeding her some, you know, the frozen chicken nuggets out of the frozen food aisle and, you know, things like that. And, um, and I started looking at all of that stuff and I went, uh Oh, you know, maybe this isn't such a good idea. If you look around the world, gardens, family gardens are, are a huge staple of people's lives. Even in Spain, my best friend living in Spain, everyone has a rooftop garden and she was in Barcelona in the city. The grocery stores are really small. You Mm -hmm. go there and you get basics. Um, you could, we couldn't even buy spaghetti sauce because it's so easy to make your own spaghetti sauce. You literally just hook down some tomatoes and add a little bit of water and some spices and you literally have tomato sauce, you know, so you couldn't even buy those things. And this was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. you know, when I was there. And so that was the beginning of me starting to look at things like that. Um, that class changed my life. And here's a fun thing that goes around is that I ended up then being the TA for that class, the teacher's assistant. So yeah. then I got to help teach it. And now my kid is at the same college taking a cl- the class from him, from oh, the wow. same teacher. And she just <laughs> told him the other day, you know, who she was. And she, he was like, wow, the last time you know, your mom was the teacher's assistant for me and you were like two years old. And yeah. <laughs> he, she got to tell him that it just changed our whole world. And, Beautiful. you know, as a professor, I'm sure he was, Oh he yeah. Was, yeah he, he's a great guy anyways, but yeah. he changed, he had been all around the world and he just, it, it, it changed everything for me. And, um, if, I don't know if you've ever read the book, the omnivores dilemma. No, I haven't. The It's, um, Michael Pollan. So he does a oh, lot of books yeah he has another one called cooked mm-hmm. um, but we had to read the omnivores dilemma and i think that was really the start that was like the start of food inc if you've ever read that and where the farmers were suing monsanto for the first time okay um, yeah and i started learning about all of that and and like i said that just rocked that rocked me i just i couldn't believe what they were doing to these farmers i i couldn't believe the blackmail that was kind of going on for them to grow their their wheat and corn yeah. and and how there was no testing to see what it would do for humans and you know at the same time I'm sick you know I'm 27 years old with you know the possibility yeah. of colon cancer and my kid is throwing up with 104 fevers you you start mm-hmm. going well, wait a second here yeah yeah you know so um what's happened though in the time since then is I've got to educate so many people. I've been able to help so many people. Um, 
professionally and Mm -hmm. non-professionally. I've helped my mom. I've helped my family members. I've, you know, I'm, I'm dedicated to this. This this isn't just, huh? You're helping us as well. I, yeah. And I, it's not just, it is who I am now. It's, it's not just, you know, it's, it is my lifestyle, but it is who I am. And if people were going to talk about me, they would probably tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. I, I, I live that, I live that that lifestyle, you know, and, and, uh, I just, at this point, no, I don't know any other way. And, you know, I'll I'll continue to help you guys in any way that I possibly can. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. You guys, I'm so proud of you. And I'm, I am so happy I met you guys. Um, <laughs> just became fast friends instantly. Yes, exactly. And, and you uh, bond over being healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah, like uh, not very many people are healthy. So like, right? especially when you meet an awesome person like you with a positive attitude and like, thank you, a lot of knowledge. Like, sorry, I'm blurry. It's definitely a great relationship. Yeah, and, uh, it's been fun. And so we have to set more goals. We're gonna run a race. Yep. And then we're going to, we're going to keep this, this health train a moving. No doubt. Push each Thanks other. Guys, right. This is yeah. the friends you need that, that push each other. And it's only friends all... I want. Right. <laughs> well, you got us. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot to get into and a lot, you could take a deep dive. We could talk about a lot of stuff. We could go on for hours. So yeah. maybe we can have I'll you back. Come one back. Time. I'll come back. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. yeah. And we'll talk. I feel like we just got started. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got to get you back on here if i didn't have to go but yeah please um i mean now we got kind of the basics yeah out and so if you want to you know dive more into my health stuff and yeah, different definitely. things that i did more specifically um yeah. for it you know which were definitely more herbal and things like that yeah definitely would like to learn all this stuff because you know like I'm learning as I go. Cause I'm just a, yeah. new to this kind of like relatively new, you know? Yeah. And disclaimer, I'm not a doctor or anything oh, like no, that. Yeah. This but, is your own personal journey. But I mean, yeah, there's just little things that I learned along the way of, um, you know, like apple cider helps with, um, apple cider vinegar helps with heartburn. You know, oh, there's, nice. there's all these really simple little things that are right there and available for everyone. So yeah. So have me back. Yes, definitely. And we can we can um, direct it towards that kind of stuff if you would like. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, nice having you, and thank you so much thank for you. Uh, thank you for coming some of your on. knowledge. It's nice. This was fun. Thank yeah, you. Definitely. And I'll okay. see you soon. Health yeah, over everything. Living that whole life, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put that in there. <laughs> Gotta throw yes, that in do there. H O E. Health over everything. All right. Love it. Well, bye, guys. All right. Bye. Have a good Talk night. See you soon. Alrighty. Bye.